Today, protesters storm City Hall in Seattle and declare parts of the city an autonomous zone. Also, Merriam-Webster changes the definition of racism after a 22-year-old woman, I'm sorry, girl, complains. We've got a lot coming up, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Elijah Schaefer, host of Slightly Offensive on Blaze TV. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I don't want to, I actually don't want to be here, but it's not, not your show. Oh. I just, it, the world's crazy right now, it's, and we got to get back out there. We got to show the truth. I got to be here every day. How do you think I feel? Hey, well, we need I you. Got pregnancy hormones going on. <laughs> I'm like, this sucks. I hate everything right now. Uh, also joined by Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program. Thanks for being here as well. Are you as pessimistic about being here today, or are you you're okay with it? No, no, pregn- still- no pregnancy hormones here. Are so we sure? I'm, that's fine. I'm honest. <laughs> Look, I have pregnancy hormones myself. I I have birthing pains for the country. Like I'm seeing what's going yeah. on, and like you were just mentioning, and I am going, oh my gosh, it is so confusing. I mean, we were just discussing before we got on. You know, what's the detail here or yeah. there? It's so hard to know what's actually happening right now because journalists are intentionally being dishonest and people are purposely leaving out information and it's just, you look, you go, what the hell is happening? Yeah, Uh, so speaking of that, we're talking about Seattle and what's going on there. Now, the reports as we know them to be right now is that uh, a city councilwoman, Kashama, I believe is how you say it, Sawant, and her staff apparently unlocked the doors of City Hall and let hundreds of George George Floyd protesters inside uh, the building. And uh, here's a little bit of, just, just for context purposes, here's a little bit of what that looked like, all of the people flooding into City Hall in Seattle and chanting. <laughs> Uh, Now, the councilwoman also decided to get on the mic and, I guess, blast her colleagues and uh, the mayor for, I I don't know, not liking riot and rioting and looting. I'm not really quite sure, but they're sellouts, apparently, according to her watch. Sean said, this is such a moving occasion. For all the difficult moments I have, having to be around corporate politicians, bureaucrats, all kinds of sellouts. This, this, this is what it's all about. Be, and and when, I'm, when I'm sitting on the dais every moment, I remind myself, they're not my people, you're my people. Uh, lots to get into here. Um, Elijah, you said that you're talking with someone in Seattle right now on the ground. Now, you are very familiar, by the way, I'd like to point out, you are very familiar with Seattle, what's going on there. I, I think that there's been reports that this is not just Black Lives Matter. This is also Antifa, who is very prevalent, as we all know, but you especially, in Seattle. Um, but uh, apparently now, not only did they storm City Hall, but they have created this autonomous zone and they just they're just what their own country now they're i mean 
what's going on on the ground there? Well, I mean, obviously reports are, are difficult to understand because it's a lot of he said, she said right now without actual video evidence. And so people are quick to blame and, and say who's right and wrong here. But Seattle has had a very big problem for quite some time containing extremism. And, you know, out of Seattle uh, is the, uh, I think it's called the Pid I don't know how to pronounce it, Puget City, Puget City Gun Club, which is where the firebomber of the ICE facility, the, the terrorist who attacked the federal facility, uh, he's from that gun club. And, uh, and they have inspired already terrorist attacks on government facilities. This has already happened. Uh, when you go to, to their protests, um, Antifa in, or in Seattle, unlike Portland, is uh, unequivocally armed to, to the teeth. Uh, they, are, they are defended by people with uh, large rifles. They understand that there is a show of force. And for the most part, you know, I have been, I got a concussion right in front of an officer and they didn't care. They didn't do anything. And the police stand down. They, are, they do not get involved uh, in the violence. They allow it to remain rampant. And so this, the situation in Seattle to find out that a a precinct has been abandoned, just like Minneapolis. We're seeing this. Police left the area. There's a six blocks region where people have, it's called the, you know, the uh, autonomous zone where they have created their own country. And I don't even want to go any further. They I'm going to need to see yeah. the paperwork for that. Yeah. They no, just... they've created their own country. And to me, that is a, that is a declaration of war. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad we live in a country where people can autonomously create their own country. I'm glad that we live in a society where people feel free to do that. I am glad. I really am. But just so you know, if you set that country up under far-left dogma that's antithetical to Western values in our Constitution, that does not respect liberties, freedom of speech, the right, just the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that this is a bully tactic 1984-type resolution of far Leninist Marxist individuals, you are now an enemy of the United States. And I asked Donald Trump today, weigh in. Does this require military intervention? People say, well, let the police handle it. Well, the police aren't there. Mm. Jason. We're talking later tonight on Glenn Show uh, about a group that we've been looking at. Uh, it's called, you might have heard of them, um, Elijah. It's called the Revolutionary Abolitionist Movement. Mm. And um, they're absolutely insane. They've written a book that's kind of very eerily similar to the coming insurrection, the French intellectuals that kind of spurned off of, uh, it was like 2007, I believe, when mm -hmm. their country went on fire. But their book is, all, let's see if this sounds familiar, it's patterned off of, or their, 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 their entire, I guess, armed struggle is modeled out, off of the Marxist Kurds in northern Syria. And the way they were able to get their own autonomous zone was they took little territories by little territories by little territories, and eventually, once they got what they wanted, then they declared independence and said they were free of Syria. Now, they're calling for, in their book, the exact same thing. And they're trying to be the umbrella organization for people like BLM, who, by the way, I'm very sick and tired of, of all of the blame getting put on Antifa, which they're definitely guilty. Mm -hmm. But I'm sorry, you have a Marxist group Okay, they're not legitimate. Well, and all you have to do is go to their website to read what they're about. To, or, or attend one of their meetings. Where at the end of every single one of their meetings, they uh, they recite a letter from, uh, what's that Black Panther uh, cop killer uh, lady? Um, Asada Secure. Asada Secure. Mm -hmm. um, that's how they end all of their meetings. This is not a secret. They're a... Radical Marxist group. So they are absolutely just as guilty. Now, I will say that I've spoken to a lot of people before 
that they had no idea about the origins of Black Lives Matter. They had no idea. They're carrying the, you know, the signs. Right. They're posting the blackouts on social media and tagging them, but they have no idea. And I think Useful that's very, idiots. very dangerous. Useful right. Yeah. right. Kim Jong-un matters is basically what I see. When people put the blackout on, on their profile, it's like putting the North Korean flag and being like, oh my gosh, like, I feel so bad for North Korea. You're like, dude, you're, po you're posting the regime's flag that's right. actually the problem with the country. You're not really helping the people by supporting the regime. It's like mm -hmm. you're supporting this far left militant group, by the way. And you know what's the saddest part is that churches have jumped on this too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like big, big time worship leaders. I'm not going to name any. I don't like to, you know, out people. I'm but I'm just saying that. that you know, even the church I went to out in LA was like due to systemic racism. And I go, you guys are supposed to be fighting for the gospel and for the truth, and you've bought into a social order because they've created a dichotomy which says that if either you're for Black Lives Matter or you're a racist. Yeah. And the fact that so many wise people, so many leaders in this country have bought into that narrative and caved to that social pressure, rather than saying, you know what, that's not the narrative. There's not that's not the two options. There is that option is really discernment as if do you want to stand with an organization that is piggybacking and manipulating people into feeling like they're doing something good, but they're really spreading far left, anti-nuclear family, anti-American valued groups, or people who are speaking out against it. You're not racist for speaking out against the organization, but they're so freaking smart by calling it a Black Lives Matter organization mm -hmm. that even Christians who are supposed to be beacons of truth going, well, I, I do care about the black lives in my church. And you go, but if you cared about the black lives, maybe you would think for five seconds that this organization supports abortion. Planned Parenthood, from what my understanding is, they're going to be offering discounts on abortions for black people. You want to stop the genocide of black people in our country? If you want to, why don't you look at real systemic racism? How about the system of, of Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger and these kind of groups being put into minority communities? That's systemic racism. That's the eradication of black people. The, the, the churches are probably the worst. I'm most shocked to see it in the churches. Churches here in Dallas-Fort Worth, and again, I won't name places, but they were talking about white privilege last Sunday. They were talking about how they were shocked about the white privilege. And I was like, what are, why? I almost stood up and walked out. I was like, I cannot handle this anymore. The NFL is another one that actually took a stand, uh, you know, for the whole kneeling. That was yeah. so ridiculous. I was so thankful when that went away. But it was absolutely, it's absolutely ridiculous. Our, my biggest grievance with that was, if you really think that's an issue, that a certain few cops are bad, then why would you disrespect the entire country over it? It doesn't even make any sense. Mm -hmm. And of course, it, it was it was began it, it started because one bad quarterback that sucked wanted a job. That was really why all this started. It had nothing and to do with racism. And he happened to be black, right? <laughs> right. Um, but now the NFL, just like churches are doing now, are completely backtracking on that. Now they're apologizing and saying, "Oh, we're sorry. We were wrong to you know to be against that." Now you know we understand how systematic the racism is. Get the heck out of here. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You cannot, you cannot go against this narrative now. You just can't. You can't have another opinion. Why do you guys think that that is, though? Like, I mean, historically, the Democrats, the left, has been really good at shaping the narrative, at messaging, right? They're really, really good at getting their messaging out to the masses and people just take it in as if it's gospel and recite it and regurgitate it. But is it that they're so good at it or is it that, Republicans are so bad. Conservatives are so bad at countering it. Wh oh, which one do you think yes. it is? <laughs> no, no, it, it's, well, what it is is like... All I of the above. Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire you know, wrote, 
you know, with the left being in charge of academia and music yeah. and Hollywood yeah. and basically, you know, pop culture, including an, and a largely political activist organizations, et cetera, they're at the front. The fact that they run all the institutions and then cry about institutional racism is so funny because it's like, well, <laughs> if you run all the institutions and then they're racist, then whose fault is that? Right. Because uh, I think um, one of the hosts at Newsmax said, you know, they run all the institutions, blame us for, for their mistakes, and then we make uh, boring documentaries and call it entertainment and wonder why we're losing the narrative. And the, <laughs> I mean, that's just what he said. And these atrocities are happening in their places. They're strongholds. That's yeah. what they're having. That's what's funny about, and this is a, a perfect model in Seattle um, for how this doesn't work. And no matter how much you pander to them, it's going to turn around on you. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Seattle mayor's what, been, you know more than I do, is probably bent over backwards mm -hmm. to enable those people to continue to do what they're doing. Well, like, it's just like what Elijah was saying. The cops already don't police, do anything. Right. And now we're reading that uh, the mayor already announced y late yesterday that in an effort to, quote, de-escalate the situation, she was ordering police to pull out of that precinct that, that they took over. Like, they already weren't doing anything. They were just standing around letting all these things happen. Now they've got to leave for what? They weren't even there monitoring in the first place. In essence, she handed them their autonomous zone. Right. She, she said, hey, you want to do a Marxist secession of the, of the country? Go ahead. Right, right there. She handed it to them. Now they're asking for her head. They're just turning around and now they're eating her as well. Mm -hmm. I hope they're learning a lesson on this because there is no pandering to these anarchists. You can't, you can't win, though. And I think what makes me so frustrated is the total lack of respect for just the truth. You have to ask yourself as a mayor, what is your position? Why are you there? And ultimately, this is people not just caving to the mob, but asking why are they caving? It's because so much foreign influence and money and corruption is involved in putting these people into power. They're so concerned with not looking like you're a racist, rather than actually standing on the truth of saying, look, who cares? I just tell people, who cares if someone calls you a racist? Yeah. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to put a post. There's not an ounce of racism in my body. You either are a racist or you're not. And ultimately, and I'm going to, you know, probably catch some flack for this. See, I told you I helped the censors. Yeah, so there you go. You. See, <laughs> she said I can't curse. But um, <laughs> let me catch some flack. But I would like to make the argument that the fact that we are considering that racism is the biggest issue facing our country today just shows the mind control. Yeah. Racism isn't the biggest issue facing our country. Uh, and racism, unfortunately, is protected under the under the First Amendment. You can be an a-hole and a racist mm -hmm. in this country. And they go, well, that's hate speech. Like a girl, a prominent uh, uh, blue check mark lib said, you know, no, that's, that's not free speech, that's hate speech. And I go, no, but, you know, just in 2017, the Supreme Court decided that hate speech is, there's no exemptions for hate speech. The problem with that these people don't understand is that racism, and this guy running for against Tom Cotton, uh, you know, to, to become a senator, he goes, you know, I want to abolish racism. And I go, that's scary to me yeah. because what you're saying is I want to control people's yes. lives. We don't look to the government to abolish racism. The problem with what you're looking at is you're saying there's systemic racism. No, we've pretty much rooted it out, except maybe in some small places in certain in certain communities you could probably find. But on a large scale, it's not there. But you what you want to do is you want to control people's language, their speech, and most importantly, you want to control what racism means. And they're even redefining the word to where the word is in the new definition, which shows you where postmodern, it says racism is the system of racism. How do you use the word in the definition of the new word? Like that's circular reasoning. And we're in a point where all it, all it comes down to with this autonomous zone is they want to redefine this country. Yeah. And that's what scares me. Yeah. Uh, more on this and the new definition of racism when we return. First, we want to thank our sponsor of the segment, Home Title Lock. So we just moved into a new home and I knew exactly uh, what to do 
one of the first things we did was go to home title lock to prevent our home from, uh, you know, being stolen right out from under us. It's a certain type of cybercrime. It's called home title theft. And uh, the FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crimes in the country. And so these cyber criminals, what they can do is uh, they want the money that they can get by taking out loans against your home. They, take, they go at your title online, they forge your signature, and then they essentially own your home. It's that easy for them. Like I said, everything is stored online, super easy for hackers and uh, people who want to do bad things to leave you without your retirement nest egg. You may think that your equity is going to protect you in retirement. It's not if you get your home stolen out from under you. Uh, By the way, no banking programs, no identity theft program protects you from this, but Home Title Lock does. They will put a virtual barrier around your home's title and mortgage, and the minute they see any tampering with it, they will shut it down. You do not want this to happen to you before it's too late. you got to protect your home now. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address, all right? I'm asking you just register your address to see if you are already a victim so that they can get, they can tamper down on it before All of the equity is already taken out of your home. Do this now. Use code Y for 30 free days of protection to help you through this crisis. If you do happen to be affected by it, it is HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code WHY, HomeTitleLock.com. Merriam-Webster is, uh, we're talking about racism here and, uh, you know, the idea that there is some sort of systemic racism, institutional racism in America, even though I will just say, as Elijah pointed out, and uh, we all like to point out here at Blaze TV, there's, the statistics don't back that up. The facts and the statistics do not back up the idea of systemic racism and institutionalized racism. And, uh, you know, it's funny, before I get into this new definition that's being created by Merriam-Webster, um, do you find that, Jason, I, you do do a lot of battling on Twitter. <laughs> I, so you may, you may or may not have come across this. Um, but both of you, do you find that when you talk about the idea of systemic racism not being a, a real thing that goes on in 2020 America, that someone will respond to you and in their response you can tell already they have absolutely no idea what systemic racism means? They, they, they never have a clue. And I, I, and I, I am really, I, I'm, I'm trying to be so good to your producers who, who, who have no time to censor me, so I'm trying to censor myself. We are living in Mad Max. If you haven't seen the movie, it is a wild world where the truth is completely ignored at the expense of individuals pretending to be wise. And they walk around and they tell you, the most ridiculous things, like, and I, and I have, I have, I have, I have ended almost every argument with this. I go, I have, I have seen the pictures of black men being arrested in situations where it looks like they shouldn't. I have watched the videos of abuse. I have seen moments, but I'm going to ask you this because according to the stats, where are the videos of the white people being abused the same way? Because I've also seen those. I want to see your numbers. I want to see your stats. Just show me for one moment, not a picture and an anecdotal story and a cultural right. feeling. Give me the cold, hard facts. And you know what I, I've been told by people recently? Yeah, because those studies are racist. <laughs> they were made to make it look like it's not happening the way it is. And I go, this was uh, done by the Washington Post. They right. have no bias towards making conservatives or these people look at me. That's your conservative, that's a conservative study. I go, that's the U.S. Department of Labor and Statistics. That was the U.S. Census. And I, one, one blue check mark told me, he said, yeah, the Census Bureau is racist and hides the numbers about black brutality. And I go, 
So it, it doesn't matter anymore yeah. if the truth is out there. The narrative matters more than the truth. Because you, no one wants to just accept the fact that I saw a picture today of a black man who was on trial with a black lawyer and a black bailiff next to a police officer. And I'm going, that is three black men with three different lifestyle choices who are in three very different positions. And that is a matter of choice, not of skin color. Mm -hmm. And I am telling you right here and right now that this entire narrative of that black people are treated poorly is not systemic. I will agree. I think black people are treated poorly in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but I think some some of those ways are because of, of, of disproportionate crime statistics. I think that the disproportionate amount of violent crime and theft and different things according to their population density is a real damn problem. And we need to solve that. And I feel bad for the black community and I realize that they a lot of times are looked at suspiciously, that there are issues like that culturally. There is cultural racism absolutely inbred in the DNA of every nation. And it's not just white versus black. If you go into any country. Man, I, Chinese people don't like black people. They kick them out. There's, a, there's problems with that. Chinese people don't exactly like American people. Mm. I'm white and they discriminated against me when I was there. They didn't like me very much. Racism is a problem of, of, of the morality, of pride, of feeling like you're better than people. And it's not because of laws at the state level. It's just people don't like other people for various reasons. Mm. And some of them are justified. Others are not. And I wish people would realize this is a cultural problem, not systemic. It's individuals who have problems problems with each other and it's in every community there are black racist people too mm. the and just to add on to that the we've talked about the stats and I, i'm not going to re-mention the stats yeah. but uh, yes the stats don't match up to a systemic racist problem especially within the police department uh that there was that case here in dallas i can't remember the guy's last name his first name was tony maybe tony tippa tippa, tippa. that tippa. case if you read if you just read that article and you don't read the name you think it's the George Floyd case. Mm -hmm. If you see the pictures and you just don't and you don't see his skin color, mm -hmm. you'll be like, "Oh, that's them with their knee on the back of George Floyd." Mm -hmm. He says the exact same things. I can't breathe. You're going to kill me. Exactly the same thing. Uh, he died in the same way. None of us heard about it. The police initially were charged with a crime. The crime was thrown out. He never saw justice. Everyone agrees that he was murdered in the same way of George Floyd. No protest. Yeah. Nothing. The same exact thing. Now, there's absolutely no case for systematic ra uh, uh, racism. I think there is a case for, look, maybe we should do a review on some of the training, some of the tactics. Absolutely. So, 100%. There needs to be. And, and I, I think there but, should be but, a review on you, it. But you lose that battle. You lose that conversation when you focus on race. Right, exactly. And then it can't, it can't be about police exists, though, But here's what, here's what I mean about the system. If you want to make the argument that police brutality is a real thing, Yes, there are mm -hmm. there are bad cops, but if you make it look like when people say, well, yeah, there are bad cops and there are good cops, then it sounds like there are some good cops. It's like, no, majority of cops right. are just people trying to approach and do their job the best way possible. In fact, a lot of these d racist police departments are minority saturated mm -hmm. with a disproportionate amount to the minority concentration in the community. I mean, LAPD is predominantly uh, Hispanic. Mm. It's like, well, the LAPD is systemically racist. Oh, what, Hispanic people are racist against themselves? <laughs> like, you're starting to get into that black-white supremacist, Candace Owens is a white supremacist, uh -huh. uh, Ben Shapiro's a Nazi kind of mentality <laughs> where you just go, you can't win here, and when we've abandoned those facts, we have abandoned them, that's why there's no solution. It's just people getting upset, trying to chase the truth, the Bible says. This is they, they, they approach, they, they pursue the truth, but they never arrive. Yeah. You can't get anywhere. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I am constantly told that I am racist against Hispanics. <laughs>
Okay, I guess I'm self-loathing. I don't know. Uh, all right, so Merriam-Webster, <laughs> speaking of all of this, the racism conversation, uh, decided to change their definition of racism after a 22-year-old girl um, was like, hey, guys, I think that we all need to be on the same page here. Literally, she said, I think it's important everyone is on the same page. So a couple weeks ago, I said, this is the last argument I'm going to have about this. I know what racism is. I've experienced it time and time again in a lot of different ways. So enough is enough. So I emailed Merriam-Webster about how I felt about it, saying this needs to change. I told them they need to include that there is systematic oppression on people. It's not just, quote, I don't like someone. It's a system of oppression for a certain group of people. I feel like Elijah's head might explode uh, as I'm reading this. I love, I love the email. Like, do you just, like, guess and say Winston Smith? I know. Or, like, or like info at MerriamWebster.com. <laughs> Hope it gets to someone. So I don't intern know. Intern is like, take this to the executives. Yes, <laughs> I guess. Change this now. I guess. So, uh, so currently, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary def- defines racism as a belief that race is the primary determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. You would agree that that is like that's a pretty accurate yeah. description of racism. Uh, so after some email correspondence, they uh, decided Merriam-Webster decided that uh, they were going to to create a revision for this definition. And they said that uh, they have concluded that omitting any mention of the systemic aspects of racism promotes a certain viewpoint in itself. So a revision will be com- will be coming in uh, the next few months. Which includes what? Actually? Which will include, well, they don't have the exact definition yet, but it will include systemic aspects of racism because to omit that there are systemic aspects of racism is a promotion of a certain viewpoint in itself. I mean, could you, like... <laughs> I'm about to walk off the set. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't like, do I know, it. But I'm about to walk off the set because I, 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 I hear this, and it, it really... Talk about real institutional bullying and racism. It's like when you start allowing actual institutions or people since 1828, it says, you know, like they're being, they're being literally upheld with controlling and understanding the definition of what a word means on on an academic sense. When you're letting subjective feeling and an email from some girl shake the entire definition of a word, this is a dangerous road that we're going down because it's like, well, then what is America? Well, America is everywhere except for a six block area in Seattle that's run (laughs) by an autonomous group of Antifa. And you're like, you can't just change the definition of America. We, right. we don't, it doesn't work like that. Right. Like that's why we're stable because unfortunately, whether you like things or not, like I said, there are not that many racists out there, but there are prejudice. Look, there's good prejudice. I tell people, I go, I go you know, if I, if, I, if I have a daughter and, and she's gonna date somebody, I'm gonna look and be prejudiced about which guy she dates. Not because he's black or white, it's because there are good and bad people out there. And so prejudice isn't always a bad thing. It's good to hold certain ideas against certain, certain things. There's prejudices against, you know, communism that I have, then that's great and I hold these to be true. But then it's like, they say this, it's like, well, you know, we're, gonna, we're not gonna stop until we, we completely dismantle racism. It's like, you're never going to do that because everybody, like I was looking at this girl online that's outing racist and she's outing black people that are using the N-word and I'm going, 
I've been saying that forever. Like, if the N-word's a bad word, then nobody should say the N-word. Like, that's, I've been saying that's inconsistent. Now she's going, look, well, I don't know. I mean, look at this person's racist. I'm going, that's a black person using the N-word. And she's like, she's not really black. She's Indianish black. And I'm going, we don't even know her race. Like, what well, my point being is that when, now we don't even know what racism is. We're not even defining it. It's hard to understand. So now anybody can become yeah, a racist, racist and it's used as a tool of control. Mm -hmm. Because now nobody, it's like the new communist, nobody wants to be a racist. So every company's like, I swear we're not yeah. racist. When was Instagram ever racist? Why do they have to clarify that they're not racist? Well, whoever thought big tech companies were racist? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason, tough act to follow, but la last word. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, it just, it, it so much reminds me of 1984. It's so yeah. ridiculous. That's why I threw out the Winston Smith uh, email address, because there must be a Winston Smith working up at uh, the dictionary company, mm -hmm. Merriam-Webster. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we've seen this now for several years now, and it's, you know, the postmodernism the you know they're, they're trying to change everything pretty much every nothing's nothing makes sense and it's not supposed to make sense because when you start to doubt you know your culture when you start to doubt you know the the, the people that are in charge then that's when you become most vulnerable mm -hmm. you know and that's when they can you know really start to change things i i I would like to say that I think that we're going to wake up for this. Right. I just don't know if we are. I think it's going to continue to get worse. And, you know, it's very interesting that all this is happening now in an election year, five months from an election. Uh, can you imagine what it's going to be like three to four months from now? No. I would just put a seatbelt on because this is going to be a bumpy road. Yeah, everyone's like, I can't wait until we get back to regular news. And I'm like, Haha, it's cute yeah. that you think we're getting back to regular news anytime soon. Uh, all right. We uh, got to take a quick break, but first we want to thank our sponsor, uh, Freedom Debt Solutions. So the, uh, the anxiety and stress caused by debt, I know it's a lot of a burden to bear. You know, you feel like there's no way out maybe, especially now because, you know, we've gone through this coronavirus pandemic and a lot of people are either out of work or work has slowed down. Maybe you're in sales, you're not making the commissions you used to anymore and you're not sure how to pay your bills. You don't have to do it alone. Freedom Debt Solutions is here to help. Uh, now, obviously, there's no one-size-fits-all solution to getting out of debt, uh, but Freedom Debt Solutions has more than 400 debt experts standing by to recommend the right solution for your specific situation. Um, Freedom Debt Solutions could help you get rid of expensive credit debt faster than you can on your own with one really low affordable monthly program payment. They have also served over 750,000 plus clients, settled over 2.7 million accounts and settled over $10 billion in debt. So if you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, don't be ashamed, first of all, if you're struggling to make monthly payments right now. Right now, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who think that there is no hope, but there is. All right. Find out how you can talk to a Freedom Debt Solutions expert and get your free personalized debt consultation today. All you have to do is go to freedomdebtsolutions.com slash why. That is freedomdebtsolutions.com slash why. Back in a minute. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is uh, pushing for a new law that would make it a hate crime punishable by up to five years of prison time to call in a 911 emergency call based on race that turns out to be, quote, false or unnecessary. Now, this comes after uh, we played the incident. It went viral on the Internet. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, I don't I don't want to take the time up to play it. But the woman who called the police on the African-American male uh, because he wanted her to leash her dog. She spoke on the phone with the 911 operator and said, there's an African-American man threatening me. 
got in a lot of trouble, got her dog taken away, which was great because she was choking the damn dog. But uh, so this following this viral video, Andrew Cuomo says, we've seen 911 calls which are race-based false calls. A false 911 call based on race should be classified as a hate crime in the state of New York. Now, this legislation would also include uh, false 911 calls based on gender, religion, uh, national origin, ancestry, religious practice, age, disability, or sexual orientation. And uh, that's now going to be considered a hate crime, punishable by prison time, Jason. Um, Well, I want to caveat this by first saying that I think the designation of of a hate crime is... BS. I think that's stupid. I was hoping someone would go there, so I didn't have. Is it a crime or is it not a crime? Right. If it's a crime, I don't want to. I don't want to hear all these other different like descriptive adjectives tacked onto it. It was either a crime. It's you know if it's murder, it's first, second, third, whatever. It's it's a crime. Um, But anyway, that's not the world we live in. We do live in where they're classifying it that. Um, Who's behind that, by the way? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. That's a great question. Um, Well, find out tomorrow on News. Well, and and also, I will just say, if we're going to be including all of these different categories, which now is a time, I mean, I'm like, what? There's like ten here at least. Where is where is uh, political? orientation because I know a lot of people who wear the red hats and get the crap beat out of them mm-hmm. um, if if we are going to categorize and put ourselves in all of these little bubbles which I agree with you I disagree with the you know categorization of a hate crime entirely but if we're going to do that is politics not the most divisive thing happening right now in America yeah I mean that should be the first thing on the list in my opinion yeah. if we're going to treat everything equally if the, if the roles reverse they would charge it as a hate crime right you know, if, if someone if they, if they're running around threatening Obama supporters back in yeah. the day and beating the crap out of them, they would be charged as as a hate crime, mm-hmm. even if they even if they were white people that were wearing Obama hats or whatever. Um, but but on but on the other hand, good. I'm glad that you can't just go off and you know claim uh, you know lie about something, and then if if you accuse somebody of a crime, I like the fact that you get charged back for that crime. Uh, it's kind of like with the uh, you know in the in the Me Too yes. uh, thing where, where there was multiple cases where they found out that the woman was lying. But that's not it wasn't true. Enough. That's not included, which is ridiculous. Because let's let if you want to be ridiculous and classify all these crimes, I like the way. Let's keep it. Let's let's take it all the way across. Mm-hmm. Let's let, let's let it be even all the way across. Be consistent for once on it. But multiple times there was a, I think an Oklahoma football uh, star. I think that was uh, like last year or two years ago. Uh, he was charged uh, with uh, rape. It was found out through text or something like that. It was all a complete lie. He lost his lost his job, lost his career. I don't even think he's going into the NFL now because of that stigma holding under o- over him. I don't think anything happened to her. I don't think anything happened to her. Again. There's got to be some kind of, if you're going to hold that standard, if you're going to be ridiculous in classifying crimes like this, then let it be that across the board. Yeah. Elijah, what are your thoughts on hate crimes? Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on hate crimes are exactly the way that problems have started throughout history, where it's like, oh, well, you know, now you're in Germany in the 30s, and now if a Jew does something, it's, you know, now it's a capital crime because now, you know, they're the enemy of the state, and so now Mm -hmm. now we can, you know, prosecute the Jew, and we can extradite the Jewish people, and I I mean, I don't want to make always the World War II, you know, reference, but it's just going, this hate, this idea of hate, you have to ask yourself, what are the motives behind who's even accusing people of hatred? Because to, to me, it's not even, it's just like if you killed somebody because they were gay 
or you killed someone because they slept with your wife, or if you killed somebody, you still killed somebody. And now we have, now we don't charge, that's not a different kind of crime. The crime is murder. Now we look at the murder and we do look at the motives. And maybe hatred was a part of your motives that might change whether you go from like a second degree to a first degree because you go, oh, it was like, but it's not because they were hateful. It's like, oh, he hated that person. So he planned out the murder. Oh, he didn't like because he was gay. So he planned it out now. But it's still the same standard. All of these crimes would be hate. Right. But hating is important because it would be like, oh, now we can see if it was premeditated or not. And so so you go, okay, cool. So hate, of course, should be brought into this. We like hate speech, for instance. That's also good, too, because you're going, oh, like we can get it. Like if, for instance, you know, this person said the N word and you're 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 in a college and you're deciding whether to, you know, suspend someone. You go, were they saying in a joking manner with their friend? Were they calling someone the N word because they don't like black people? Oh, now, now we're understanding. Yeah, this 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 was went from a a poor decision that wasn't, you know, tasteful to then this was like somebody intentionally trying to do harm. Yeah. Cool. It's not like hate speech. It's just like, oh, we get this person is trying to cause problems in our school. That's a bit, di- bit different. Mm-hmm. But it's like... <laughs> To say that the N-word is hate speech, it's like now you're categorizing what words are hateful and what words are not. And we're already looking. We can't trust the dictionary to decide what (laughs) definitions are. It's always who then is the person in power to decide what's hateful and not. And apparently it's the government. But what strikes me as weird is all these protesters that are like, you know, promoting hate speech and stuff, are also speaking out against the government and saying, we don't trust the government. We don't trust these people to decide our lives, our future. But you are looking to them to decide what's hateful and not. It's like it's a massive contradiction and it leads to just whoever's in power can decide what is hate. And that leads, I think that leads to unequal justice. Yeah. Well, and it reminds me too, a little bit of what you mentioned in, I think it was the first segment, that you know you have these politicians who want to ultimately control where your mind is and they think if they just keep saying they're going to abolish something or they're going to enact certain laws, they're going to somehow make it so that there are no people who exist anymore who have bad hearts. And it's like, you're you're not going to abolish jerks, right? You're not going to abolish crime. You're not going to abolish bad people. Bad people will always exist. You can't just like create laws to stop people from being horrible people. And the funny thing is they think that the left are the ones that will create these laws. Right. And and they're not even held accountable for it. That's why you can have a governor in Virginia that's already been caught in a picture either wearing a KK outfit or blackface. Either one is Pick both one. bad. Pick one, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not getting out of that one right there. Right. And it's, where is that? Yeah. They don't care. Yeah, and they, they love, really don't. They love him, and he was allowed to be forgiven, right? Someone on the right would never be allowed to be forgiven. They're just blacklisted after that. All right, we've got more coming up. we got to take a break. Sorry. LBJ, you always do that to me. Blacklisted for blackface. <laughs> <laughs> LBJ is their hero. Yeah. The backlash against Democratic leaders begins, uh, aside from what's going on in Seattle. But a longtime business, this is not the only one. This is a one business in a long list of businesses in Minneapolis who are leaving the city after their business was destroyed in the riots. A longtime manufacturing business is uh, immediately relocating away from Minneapolis. It is Seven Sigma Inc., and uh, he, the, the owner said, they don't care about my business. They didn't protect our people. We were, we were all on our own. His factory was destroyed in a fire uh, during the rioting and looting in Minneapolis because of the, uh, the George Floyd protests. But, you know, obviously this is one business of many, like I mentioned. But I guess my question is, this happened in, in large cities, in urban cities around the country. What happens to these cities 
What happens to them, Elijah, when, you know, they, they don't want they don't want the police there. They want to be able to destroy businesses there. What who's going to who's going to stay? Do they do they think that, that we as business owners are are completely stupid? Because that's what I feel so disrespected. Like, you know, when 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 people ask, oh, why did you, you know, leave uh, L.A. for Dallas? It wasn't anything anyone offered me. It was like I was planning on eventually leaving. And then I watched the way they handled the covid scandal. Mm -hmm. And I watched the way they ignored facts and the truth and just continued to put harsh and harsher sentences. And then the mayor was like, by the way, when you walk outside now, we want you you need to wear a mask outside. And I go. You son of a censor myself. But I go, you know, you just, you guys think that we're done. I'm not giving my tax money here. I'm not staying here. And, it, you know, when it's like, it's like I'm not moving into an inner city ever again. I was thinking about even getting an apartment in Dallas, uh, you know, originally and moving into inner city Dallas with, with in, a, in a high rise. Going, you couldn't pay me now to live in those areas. You can't, the, the cops have no power or control there. And so when you look at these businesses, it's like, well, they're all just going to stay. It's like, no, we don't owe our allegiance to stay anywhere. And you wonder how diasporas happen. It's because it becomes unbearable to do business in a situation. And it's not just taxes. It's like, if my employees aren't safe getting to work, if my employees can't come to, to business, if, if I'm afraid my studio is going to get broken into and burned down and nobody's going to, you know, repair or, 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 or do things, insurance companies are going to start dropping businesses because you're going, well, we're not going to insure companies in Minneapolis because there's no protections or fail safe. So we're not going to insure you anymore. And that's what's happening in LA. Car insurance companies are starting to raise rates or drop people because of homeless encampment fires. Also, businesses are starting to lose fire insurance because the city isn't policing mm -hmm. the homeless encampment fires. So you're seeing a problem of if this is developing and, and give it one decade, are businesses even going to want to, would a business have any incentive no. to ever move to Minneapolis? No. You're going to have a shrinking rate and then they're going to blame the, the Republicans going, oh, they abandoned us. It's the white flight. Business owners left. They, they cried about gentrification and you're making this place better. And then the, the people leave and then it's white flight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elijah brought up a great point about insurance, too, because I kept hearing that with all of this rioting and looting. They're like, well, the businesses have insurance. OK, well, where the hell do you think the insurance companies get pulled money from their rears? <laughs> I mean, th that money comes from all of the business owners and their pool of money together. So what happens to those rates? They obviously have to go up. Insurance companies are not nonprofit organizations. Jason, we got about a minute. And do they cover riot insurance? Because anytime you've dealt with an insurance they might, company, they may need to like, now. Oh, we don't cover when someone throws a Molotov cocktail in there. Yeah, they probably will. So uh, exemptions of whatever you need. That's how insurance is. They always yeah. don't cover what you need oh, them sorry, for. Sorry, that's in our exclusions <laughs> list. Yeah. Oh. But, but what are you going to do? That you, it's an interesting question because they don't really have any answers. Answers. I, there was one, you probably saw this tweet going around where the guy was like, we don't need cops. We got social workers. We have clean yeah. needle uh, locations. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have all these the ridiculous point. things. It's like, the point. You're going to call the social worker when the axe murderer comes in your house? <laughs> Well, the, the, they're trained in crisis de-escalation or something, so they'll make sure that the axe murder doesn't. They'll keep them calm until the social worker gets there. <laughs> And somehow they'll make sure that uh, no crime is committed. They want no cops, and they're also the same places where they, they restrict this heavily the Second Amendment. They don't want you to have any guns. They want, don't want any cops. What could possibly go Sounds wrong? Sounds great. What could possibly go wrong? All right, we got to take a break. Back in a minute. I feel like I'm going to give you a high blood pressure today. All right, uh, today's, I'm sorry, yesterday's poll, which of these events was just a photo op? We're talking about photo ops. 
Trump holding up the Bible, Pelosi and the Democrats kneeling or both. Uh, let's see, 57.2% of you said Pelosi and the Democrats kneeling. Only 2.2% of you, is it 2? 2.2% said uh, Trump holding up the Bible. The rest of you said both. <laughs> I would agree. I mean, that's what we said on the show. We're like, well, first of all, that's kind of a weird question. But second of all, it, it, like, it's politics. It was both. There's a certain extent that like, it's okay to have photo ops. That's just kind of part of the business. There are certain industries where you're, there's just going to be photo ops. It doesn't make it good. It doesn't make it inherently bad. It's just going to be a photo op, and that's okay a lot of the time. Uh, but let's go to today's poll, and I have all of my stuff completely out of order. Uh, let's see. What's Joe Biden up to in the basement? Sleeping, sniffing, hiding, or decaying? <laughs> I don't write the poll questions. Okay? Who does I write just, these? I just read them. I'm not outing anyone on air. I'll tell you off. I'm going to throw some suggestions. I'm going I'm to. One time you're going to find one so... Terrible, and you're gonna go. Who thought of this? I'm gonna, and go, I'm gonna oh, get in their ear. It was Elijah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm gonna throw out some ideas. <laughs> it was Elijah. Uh, what is Joe Biden up to in the basement? Sleep, sleeping, sniffing, hiding, or decaying? I don't know. That, that sounds like all of the above. I, 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 really. I hope that there's an all of the above suggestion because I feel like that's what it is. <laughs> Certainly, I, I heard actually that his campaign is kind of hiding him. Yeah. Uh, that they're like, yeah, he can just stay in the basement because we need him to not talk. Oh, yeah. Let's let Trump do his thing and let's let Joe Biden not talk. Not sure how that's going to work out for the debates, though. He's going to have to talk in the debates. He's not, he already can't read his notes. So he's writing legislation to incarcerate more black men in the mass numbers is probably what he's doing. Probably is what he's doing. <laughs> he does have a history of doing that. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.